listeners, and welcome to the NK News podcast recorded here in Seoul on Friday, March 8, 2019. Today, I'm joined by Singapore-based U.S. investor Jim Rogers to talk about investing in and the economic future of North Korea. But before that, an announcement. Once again, NK News is offering a free year's subscription to one reviewer who reviews this podcast either at iTunes or at other platforms. And don't forget, you can save $50 off your annual NK News subscription by using the code podcast at the checkout. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with others. My guest today is famous U.S. investor Jim Rogers. He is a Wall Street legend and former partner of George Soros. After attending Yale and Oxford universities, Mr. Rogers co-founded the Quantum Fund, a global investment partnership. He did so well that he decided to retire at age 37, which makes me think that I've done something wrong in my life. Continuing to manage his own portfolio, he kept busy as a full professor of finance at the Columbia University Graduate School of Business. And beginning in 1999, he drove for three years on his round-the-world Guinness World Record journey, going through 116 countries, covering more than 245,000 kilometers, which was recounted in his book, Adventure Capitalist, The Ultimate Road Trip. Thanks for joining me here, Jim. I'm delighted to be here, Jaco. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, so let's start the uh, the Trump Kim summit last week. I presume you were disappointed, but were you surprised? Of course, I was disappointed. I hope everybody was disappointed, uh, and I was surprised. Yes, I thought that Mr. Trump knew he had to get going, get this done, and then there's no reason not to. It sounds to me like somebody had a bad interpreter because it's. North Koreans said one thing and the Americans said the other. They both couldn't be right. That's right. There did seem to be a serious uh, case of misinterpret or mistranslation or misunderstanding. Something went wrong there. Something went amiss, didn't it? Definitely. Now, uh, has the, the result or the failure of the Vietnam summit made you change or delay any business or travel plans you might have had? Well, it's illegal for Americans to go to North Korea, so I have no travel plans to go to North Korea. If it were legal, I would certainly be planning to go. Yes, but other than that, no, I haven't changed anything. There was a curious story not long ago in a South Korean vernacular newspaper that you had obtained a, uh, a, a, a what do you call it, an exception from the State Department and you were about to visit North Korea. Was that all uh, a bunch of hot air? Well, now I know fake news firsthand. I still am st stunned and du dupefied as to how that could have happened. I knew nothing about it. It said the source was the South Korean government. Uh, the South Korean ambassador called me and said, what's up? I said, you tell me what's up. I don't know what's going on. It's interesting, Jocko, that the reporter never called me. So that, I that, find it very which strange. Is not how journalism should operate, is it? That's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not what I was taught when I was a lad. Now, are you in, in regular contact with U.S. government insiders, and are they telling you anything? Absolutely not. Why, why would I want to be in touch with the U.S. government? Well, to get the jump on other investors, of course. No, there's no way to get the jump because the, until it's legal, there's nothing anybody can do. It's all going to be legal on the same day. Mm. Okay, well, let's talk about uh, Korean unification. I've heard that you're quite optimistic about the prospects of an early Korean unification. Is that correct? Absolutely. It's going to happen. It's going to happen before most people ex expect. So do you believe in uh, that people in North Korea really want unification? If you had a choice of living in North Korea or South Korea, Jaco, where would you live? Well, that's, that's, uh, I mean, that's an easy question. Of course question. they want. I know it's an easy question. Of course they no, want. No, but, but they that, want that's asking me. But if, if you're asking me, would I trade my position in North Korea for a possibly lower position in the United Korea, that's a much more complicated question. Well, even if that were the question, there are not many that would, that would have to face that. You know, most people would have a better lifestyle, a better life, etc. 
And I don't know what you mean by, yeah, maybe the general in the North Korean army would have to be a colonel in the South Korean army or the United Korean army, but big deal. What about people in South Korea who you have talked to? Uh, do they really seem enthusiastic about unification? Well, most are for it. Some, some seem worried about it. They think it'll cost them money, which it will not. Both South Korea will certainly save a fortune on defense. North Korea will save a fortune on defense. So there are many things that would go right. So this would not be expensive for either side. So the few people I know who have questions, once they understand, don't seem to have as many questions. The only exception to that is, which I find peculiar, is that some people say they like to have the American army in South Korea to defend them against the Chinese. Mm. Well, I don't expect we're going to see the Chinese taking over Korea, united or not any time in the next many decades, if ever. Now, I have a, a quote here from the Christian Science Monitor, an article uh, in May last year about uh, South Korean sentiment on, uh, on unification. It says, uh, overall public support for reunification has steadily declined in South Korea, where 57.8% see it as necessary, down from 69.3% in 2014, according to a survey published last year by the Korea Institute for National Unification, which is funded by the South Korean government. But among young people, many of whom aren't swayed by appeals to ethnic heritage, the number is far lower. According to the survey, only 38.9% of those in their 20s say that reunification is necessary. End quote. So it seems to me that the older generation is passing away, but the younger generation, not too enthusiastic. Now, of course, unification is a dream that we can all pay lip service to. But in terms of do you want it happening this year or in the foreseeable future, a lot of people are saying no. Well, apparently that was last year. So that was last year, the, the date on that survey. I would suspect by the time it comes around, yes, there's always people who against anything, any change at all. But I suspect by the time it comes around, there will be enough people for it so that it will happen. Do you see uh, a unification of the two Koreas as a merger of two equal parties or an as, a, as an absorption of one by the other? Well, uh, they're all equal human beings under, sure. under the eyes of the law. We presume they will be. So, no, they're equal. But obviously, the South Korean economy is much stronger than the North Korean economy. On the other hand, the North Korean economy brings a lot to the party. So both sides have something to gain. Now, you first visited North Korea as a tourist in uh, 2007. Is that right? That's correct. Did you get the idea at that time to invest in North Korea or did that come about later on? It came about later on. At that time, there was still extreme, the, the father was still alive. I mean, the grandfather died, but the father was still there. Kim was, yeah. it, uh, the main thing that I came away with was there were signs everywhere saying we should have one Korea. So the, the propaganda, even then in the North, was very, very, very much for unification. That surprised me at the time because I figured it would not be the case. But other than that, no, I, I didn't find any reason to invest there. In 2013, you went for your second trip, and this time you visited the, uh, the port in Rajin Sonbong in the northeast of, uh, of North Korea, or Rason. How was that trip? Well, that was very much, much more interesting. I could see that it was time to get it started trying to find a way to invest in, in North Korea. I could see the change everywhere. Uh, they were starting to have free trade zones. Many, many changes were taking place. If the father were alive, he probably would have hanged his son. The grandfather would have tortured him and then hanged the grandson. But no, I could see changes coming, and I knew this was a place to be, get interested in. Now, of course, as you pointed out earlier, there is currently a, a travel ban on from the U.S. side. It's not that North Koreans are banning Americans from traveling, but the United States is, uh, is banning its citizens from going there. Uh, if you had a second passport, of course, that wouldn't be an issue. 
Well, if you have a second passport, still is an issue because the Americans can still prosecute you for going. If you have an American passport, and if you go go there on a country X passport, America can still prosecute you because you have an American passport. If the ban were lifted tomorrow, would you be going up there soon to have a look around? Very, very quickly. My daughter wants to go, and I want to go. And if Kim Jong-un were to call upon you to be an advisor on foreign direct investment, would you accept? Uh, probably. Uh, it's a strange question because I don't like getting involved with governments, but uh, probably yes. If you were to give him any advice, even just as a concerned civilian, as a concerned in po- willing invest, you know, future potential investor, what would you tell him at this stage uh, with regard to negotiations with, North, with the United States? I would say meet Mr. Mo- President Moon at the 38th parallel, take down the border and have a K-pop concert and let people come and go. The market would then take care of things. Now, you're famous, of course, for saying, uh, I think several years ago, that you would invest all of your money, if you could, into North Korea. Is that just a statement for publicity, or do you stand by that? Well, several years ago, I wish I could have. Things have gotten much more expensive in North Korea now. Ah. uh, Several years ago, it was dirt cheap. Nobody even thought about North Korea. Now, of course, many people are poured in there, money's pouring in there from from China, Russia, and other countries. You know, if if I told you there was a country you didn't have to compete with America or Japan or South Korea, you would probably race there as fast as you could to invest. Well, that's the case in North Korea right now. That's why the Chinese are pouring in. Now, although at the moment you don't have any uh, any business or, or are not traveling to North Korea, do you get the feeling that um, just by saying things that sound a bit positive that OFAC or the, the Treasury Department could bite you in the bum for you know having the wrong attitude or saying the wrong kinds of things. What for being positive about North Korea? Yeah, uh, I, I find it very strange. Uh, we still do have some freedom of speech in the United States, so I would find that strange. But who knows? Who knows? Stranger things have happened. Well, this is this is true. Now, have you in the past before it was uh, it was impossible? Have you actually done any investment or uh, or business in North Korea? No, I don't know any way to invest in North Korea. There's no public market there, and I mainly invest in public markets, but even private markets, I don't know any way to invest there. Okay. There may be, I just yeah, don't yeah. know them. Well, the, the Chinese, for example, and the Russians are invested in that port city that you, uh, you visited. Oh, yeah, there, yeah, yeah no, that, that's why I went there uh, in yeah. 2013. Cause I had read that the Chinese and the Russians were building docks up there, mm. and sure enough, they were. And signing long-term leases uh, for control over those docks. And Putin has rebuilt the railroad down into North Korea. No, no, all sorts of things are happening. They're not happening for Americans because yeah. it's illegal for citizens of the land of the free, but other people are pouring in. Now, if and when it becomes legal, would you be one of the first to, you know, to jump in there or would you rather sort of wait and watch somebody else fail and make a mess of things and then learn from their mistakes? Well, <laughs> no, I, I, if I found something, yes, I'm not going to jump in to be first. I would want to find the right things. And if and when I found the right things and the right vehicles, of course, I would do something. Well, and that, that brings us on to the next topic of exactly what one could invest in. Now, I, I understand that you, uh, you, you're an agriculture man. You like farms, hard assets and so on. Uh, in an earlier interview, you said that you saw a lot of potential in North Korean agriculture. Uh, but the landscape of the Korean Peninsula itself doesn't really lend to itself to agriculture too easily. I mean, it's very mountainous. There's not a lot of flat land. I've heard it said by an economic expert years ago, I forget the name, that Korea cannot and shouldn't even try to be self-sufficient in terms of food production agriculture. Uh, apart from introducing more machinery and fertilizer to North Korean farms, what actually could be done? That's exactly right. I mean, North Korea is not very easily going to compete with the Australians or the Brazilians or the Argentinians or somebody as far as agriculture is concerned. But having said that, the Korean Peninsula will have agriculture. It always has and it always will, whether it's competitive or not. And 
you say machinery and fertilizer and seeds, fabulous. Can you imagine how much different and more profitable agriculture would be in Korea, North and South, if they had better facilities? You know, in North Korea, they're still using scythes to cut the grass. I mean, this is 2019. You know, just bring it a lawnmower. It would improve efficiency enormously. Well, that's right. But of course, lawnmowers require gasoline to run, don't they? Well, you can have man-powered lawnmowers. You know, do you have a man-powered scythe? A man-powered lawnmower would be more efficient than hand-powered scythes. The United Nations released a statement this week saying that North Korea had the lowest food production in a decade and that 10.9 million people, or 43% of the population, now need humanitarian assistance. Uh, what's that? Is that because, simply because of a lack of uh, lawnmowers and, and, and fertilizer and seeds? Or what's going on there? What do you make of that? Well, I, I have no idea. First of all, I've learned not to listen to the United Nations for my investment advice or many government bodies, much less that one. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but let's say it's correct. Jocko, that's what I said. I'm sure your parents taught you to buy low and sell high. Agriculture is a disaster. If there's any disaster, first of all, North Korea is a disaster. North Korean agriculture is even worse. What better opportunity do you need? It's a rhetorical question that I have no answer to. Uh, I know that uh, you... Okay, you don't have to have... I have the answer. Okay. okay. Well... The answer is go and get there. Are you an are you American citizen? No, sir. Okay, well, go. What are you doing here? Going in April. Good, good. That's next month. Get going. For a week, yeah. Just uh, This is for marathon season, so you're going to have a look ah, around. Yes, yeah. Well, that's an example of the major changes that are taking place. You know, he started international marathons, all Excellent. sorts of international sporting events, movie events, bicycle tours, international ski resort. I mean, the father would be appalled if he knew these things were happening. Much as I hate to contradict you, sir, uh, on the podcast, the marathon has been happening since the 1980s when the grandfather was still alive. That's a long-term event. Well, I think that, we're into year 30 now. If you say so, and I'm sure you're more knowledgeable than I am, but I thought that that only started again under the under Chairman Kim. There may have been some years off. This is true. Now, I, I know that you've said that mining is a good sector to invest in, and, of course, this is one that has been talked about by a lot of people. Some people in the 90s and the 2000s have tried to invest in mines. I remember there was an Australian company. There's been a number of Chinese companies. It's not always easy for investors to get money out of North Korea once they've invested in it. We saw that danger with Orascom, for example. They had that little difficulty with the North Korean government on the basis of which exchange rate to use. Now, if you were advising someone going into North Korea, how would you advise them to look after getting money out of North Korea? Everything you just said is true, but everything you said is the past. That's a little bit like saying, well, I'm not going to invest in Germany because Adolf Hitler was once the leader of the country. The past is the past. If you're going to invest in Korea now, North Korea, you will certainly get arrangements. You'll be smart enough to make arrangements to be able to get your money in and out. What surprises me about the, that deal with the Egyptians was mm -hmm. they hadn't figured all that out. They didn't take what to me are simple precautions. So that's certainly a lesson people could learn from, from their uh, mistakes, isn't it? Again, I don't know. I don't know them. You'd have to ask yep. them. But I know that most people, when they put money into a place, figure out how they're going to get it out if they want to. What other sectors, apart from mining and agriculture, do you see as being uh, promising? Well, tourism is going to be staggering, not just in North Korea. You know, most people in the world, if they think of going to Asia for a holiday, they mm -hmm. don't think of Korea because of the war. They think of China, Japan, you know, Bali. They come many places and not Korea, not South or North because of the war, because of the many. But that's going to change. 
Once North Korea opens and people realize there's no war, they're going to want to go out of curiosity. And once they get to Korea, they're going to find out their major uh, historic uh, sites, beaches, mountains, food, all sorts of reasons to visit Korea, North and South. And so Korea is going to be on the tourist map for the first time in decades. I'd like to believe that's true, but even if the uh, the war is finished and the two countries have better relations, I mean, it's still a small country stuck between two very large and famous ones. It's always going to be overshadowed by Japan and China, don't you think? Well, that's fine, but it's going to be new. The newness for a decade or two mm-hmm. is going to be great. There are many small countries. Where people, Switzerland has huge amounts of tourists. Many countries have lots of small countries. They have lots of Singapore. Singapore, where I live, Singapore is a huge tourist mm. uh, uh, country. Yeah. So, yeah, you can be small and still get lots of tourists. And this one will have great curiosity value. And the curiosity value will turn into historic and many tourist reasons, many tourist values. Now, you're a, a big fish in the investment field. But how yeah. could a small, everyday mom-and-pop investor get exposure in North Korea when the time is right? Not talking about now, of course. I'm no different from any small investor in the world, I assure you. Uh, Most people would have to wait for a stock exchange. North Korea has been working on a stock exchange for five or six years, for several years. I think it started under the new chairman, Chairman Kim. They're figuring out how to start a stock exchange. They will have a stock exchange. In the meantime, there will be South Korean companies, Chinese companies, even Russian companies. There will be ways to invest. Now, does your intuition tell you that if all things go well, uh, that a, a uh, sort of a growth trajectory of North Korea would look like South Korea in the 1970s or a bit of China or Vietnam or completely different? A combination of the, of the above. First of all, you have to understand that in the next couple of years, there's going to be a major problem in the world economically. So everybody's going to suffer. North Korea won't suffer very much because they've already, they're already at the bottom. But the Korean peninsula will suffer less than the rest because there's a new frontier Many, many activities. They're going to rebuild the railroads, for Mm -hmm. instance, that the old railroad on the East Coast and the West Coast will be rebuilt. So many things will happen, which mean that the Korean Peninsula will have fewer problems than the rest of the world. uh, Coming out the other side, of course, the Korean Peninsula will have wonderful opportunities for growth and will grow. This week, Bill Brown, an adjunct professor at Georgetown University School of Foreign Service, gave some remarks in which he said that North Korea's economy would stay in bad shape even if all sanctions were lifted. And he argued for decollectivization and privatization of state assets in North Korea. Similarly, I I heard you in an earlier interview say that uh, U.S. businesses going in and investing in North Korea uh, would be a good thing. And this is something that President Trump has also called for. But isn't this the kind of investment that Kim Jong-un is is very concerned about, that he's wary of because he might risk losing control of his population? I doubt that very seriously. If you go to North Korea now, there are signs everywhere saying economy, economy, economy. It used to be for decades, if you went there, the signs said defense, military, defense, military. Uh, Now they're emphasizing, as of 2019, they're emphasizing the economy, how to be successful, how to get rich. And as far as the professor, I'm sure he knows what he's talking about, but I have a different view. And that is they're already starting to privatize. There are already lots of entrepreneurs taking place in in North Korea. So I don't know if he knows what he's talking about. Now, your visions of a a North Korean future or a Korean future, including unification, is that possible while Kim Jong-un remains the leader in the North? Why not? I mean, they'll find something for him to do, uh, whether it's a de facto or not. Look, America could just buy him the Chicago Bulls, and he would be happy. And he could go and be in charge of the Chicago Bulls and let somebody else run the country. Or maybe he'll want to run it from Chicago. 
that would be a long telecommute for sure. Um, I mean, you know, he comes from a, a family um, that has run the country for 70 years. He's a very strong nationalist. And I, I get the sense that it would be not easy to buy him out and send him off to retirement in Chicago or anywhere. Well, somehow or another, this is going to work. You know, it happened in Korea. I saw it happened in Germany. It's going to happen in, in Korea as well. During your visit here or, or in, uh, even while you're in, in Singapore, uh, do you have any contact with the, the uh, South Korean government? I know you're not happy with governments in general, but, uh, you, you know. No, I have no, no reason to be in contact with the South Korean government at all. Okay, if you had some advice on Seoul about how it could effectively encourage South Korean companies to take the initiative and jump into the North Korean market before the Americans get there, uh, what advice would you give? Well, right now, it's very difficult for any South Korean company or individual or anything else to do anything in North Korea. First of all, I would tell President Moon, let's stop that. Open it up. Let them go. Let them do what they want to. Meet Mr. Meet uh, Chairman Kim up at the 38th parallel, take down the border, and let him go. But, you know, President Moon, it's hard for him to do anything without at least the tacit agreement of President Trump, isn't it? In terms now, of. Isn't that totally absurd? The Koreans have been here 5,000 years, the Americans have been here 70 years. What does Washington, D.C. have to do with this? If I were President Moon, and I doubt if he's strong enough or tough enough, or many people would be, just say to the Americans, guys, Goodbye. We're going to take care of this without you. Certainly the Chinese would help. The Russians would help. You know, maybe we're going to have a war with Russia, China, North Korea, and South Korea against America to get America out of here. Well, he well, doesn't need the Americans. What is this? This is 2019. This is not 1959. When I've asked the same question of current or former American government officials, they've said to me, that it's precisely because of the risk of nuclear weapons and the threats that North Korea has made and the, the, the chance of proliferation of North Korean mil, uh, nuclear weapons that that's why the United States has to be involved. Well, come on. South Korea's got nuclear weapons. What's the difference? South Korea doesn't have any nuclear weapons. Have you ever been to Guam? Have you ever been to Okinawa? What well, do you think all those nukes in Guam and, and Okinawa well, are? You think South they're Korea. there? Okay, you think they're there to defend Guam? If no. there were a phone call from South Korea within two hours... There would be nuclear bombs anywhere the South Koreans needed them. Come on, what are you talking about? The jets are sitting there on the runway, 24 hours a day, sitting there on the runway, ready to go in case there's a war. What are you talking about? There are no nukes for South Korea. Well, there are no nukes in South Korea. <laughs> Not that we know of, but they're certainly on call. Okay, let's talk about Ananti. Uh, late last year, you were named as an outside director of Ananti, which is a South Korean company that owns a hotel and golf course in the Kumgangsan Mountain Resort area, just over the border in North Korea. I went there once in 2006. This is before the hotel and golf course existed. The resort has been closed for 10 years after a South Korean woman tourist was shot and killed at Kumgangsan. What would need to happen before that resort could reopen? First of all, you have to have the border open. Well, you don't have to, but the border, one way or the other would have to be open. You, you've got to start over again. No, it's been closed since for over a decade, as you point out, because of the tragedy. As soon as it, uh, the, the company's allowed to get back in there and renovate it and start over, we will. Could South Korean President Moon just snap his fingers tomorrow and say, hey, guys, ready to go, open up? Well, I think the North Koreans have to agree. Mm. Uh, but sure, yes. That's what I say. But I don't know why America has anything to do with this peninsula anymore. That war was at least uh, 65 or 70 years ago. Why can't the South Koreans take care of it themselves and the North Koreans? Did you join the board of Ananti because the resort is in North Korea? Well, partly. I mean, that meant the stock was down. The, the company was that part of the company was suffering, obviously, mm. if it sat there empty and closed for all these years. But yes, no, that's one of the main reasons, because they're great opportunities 
if and when the borders open again. Do they have other hotels and, and golf courses in South Korea or elsewhere in the they, world? They do indeed in South Korea, yes. I'm not a golfer, but the two that I have seen seem to be wonderful. Okay. And so does that connection now, does that mean you're going to continually be visiting the Korean Peninsula to... Uh, yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm delighted. I like it here. I want to come back more. Perhaps when the resort opens, you'll be given a penthouse suite on the top floor. <laughs> I don't know if they have penthouses. Uh, I'm not a golfer, as I said, so I doubt if I will be spending a lot of time on golf courses. Now, I know that you're uh, on the run today to three other interviews before you take the flight back to Singapore. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by today before going to the Seoul uh, Economic Daily. Do you have any last words for us, uh, you know, advice or thoughts uh, on Korea and the Korean Peninsula in the future? Well, I would say to everybody, start getting prepared because this is going to happen. There are going to be huge opportunities as there were in Germany, as there were in Vietnam and other places. You know, and it's, it's going to happen whether we like it or not. I happen to like it. It doesn't matter, though. It's going to happen. So whatever happens, you'll be here for it. I would definitely be here. I would definitely be engaged. Have you thought of relocating here from Singapore to South Korea, just, you know, so you're on the front lines? Uh, very unlikely. I have two young daughters, and I, my main reason for living in Asia is so they speak Mandarin, and they don't speak Mandarin in Korea. We've got a good Chinese school here, actually. I, I know some people who send their kids to it to learn Mandarin. Well, that's fabulous, but in Singapore, you know, the taxi drivers speak Mandarin. The, uh, the shopkeepers speak Mandarin, so there's more exposure to Mandarin. Excellent. Well, when I find a Mandarin speaking neighborhood uh i will uh, take please. you there to uh, to go house hunting next time you're here please let me know thank you once again jim rogers for coming on the nk news podcast it's been a pleasure talking to you my pleasure don't forget listeners you can check out all of our shows as well as read full bios and show notes on our website nknews.org nk news is the leading repository of north korean news research and analysis and we hope to see you there you can get feedback, comments, questions, or guest suggestions to podcast at nknews.org. Our podcast is produced, as always, by Arias Dare and facilitated by Chad O'Carroll and Christina Lee. Finally, a reminder that one reviewer per week will get a free subscription by sending a review of this podcast. So review us after listening, and you might win. And a $50 discount on your NK News subscription is available by using the code podcast at the checkout. Thanks, and check us again next time.